everyone. Hi, Suzanne. Hi, Michelle. You were just laughing at me because I said I titled this episode, People Bug Me. I was laughing about that. And so when I went to say hello to you, I didn't know the response I was going to get back. I thought you might bite my head off and I haven't even done anything yet. You haven't done anything. And yet I may bite your head off or it may feel like I'm biting your head off because I'm in the mood to complain about people today because people bug me. It's a great name for the episode then. You know, I just have to laugh because the last episode we recorded was the second episode on Friends. I remember asking you before we recorded, do you want to do something else? Put a little space between the two episodes. And you're like, no, I don't want to do anything heavy today. I'm feeling light and happy and let's do happy. And today you're like, no, let's do grumpy. Exactly. Well, and you even came in with a really great idea for a topic because you're currently moving out of your house and packing things up and you have a lot. So you're feeling good today because you've gone through nostalgia. You've seen all of probably all of your kids artwork from when they were in grade school. And so we had thought about talking about that, but I'm not in the mood because I'm grumpy. <laughs> I'm just well, you know, grumpy. <laughs> I have to say and stop you right there. I'm very grumpy also but I was trying to find a silver lining. And that's why I suggested going the nostalgia route to try and lift our moods up. (laughs) And what am I doing? I'm, I'm knocking our moods right back down. I'm keeping you down in that grumpy mood today, but I can't help myself. You can't help yourself. And it's valid because you did send me a message before, I think even eight o'clock local time here in Alaska. And you had an issue that happened. And all I can say is, how does that even happen? So you're going to have to share it with everybody. I can't wait to share it with everybody because this has been the most frustrating six months of my life as far as my house goes. Because when I had my whole family home at Christmas, and I was testing positive for COVID and lot of emotions running high. In the midst of that full house of people I had, my refrigerator broke down. And it has broken down several times in the last couple of years. And the last time it broke down, the repairman said, just buy a new one. The problem is, is that, and I'm just putting this out here. The problem is, is when I bought the house, the refrigerator came with the house because it's custom built for the kitchen, for the space it's in. So I have no choice. I have to replace it with the exact same refrigerator. It just so happens, everyone can gasp now, this particular refrigerator freezer costs $18,000. Let me say that again, $18,000. But Jeff and I looked at each other and you said, you can't live without a refrigerator. So we ordered a new refrigerator on December 12th. No, it was probably December 17th. And she said, fine, great. We put a 50% deposit down. She said, it'll be here the end of February. So it is now the end of June. (laughs) And I still don't have a refrigerator. But they called me yesterday and they said, your refrigerator's in. Can we come and install it tomorrow? And I said, absolutely. I'll clear my calendar. And they said, great. We'll be there first thing in the morning, 8 a.m. So excited. Spent three hours yesterday cleaning out the old refrigerator that they have to haul away because it technically works. It keeps things frozen in the freezer, 
and it keeps things frozen in the refrigerator. <laughs> so I was using it as a side-by-side freezer. Anyway, yep, cleaned it all out. And they said, we'll be there at 8 a.m. 8.15 this morning, I get a call that said, we've lost your refrigerator. We can't install it. And I said, how do you lose an $18,000 refrigerator? And he said, ma'am, I'm not sure. (laughs) It's like, well, are you going to find it? And he said, ma'am, I'm not sure. (laughs) He said, I'll keep you posted. I'm in stunned silence about this because as you said, how do you lose a refrigerator? I get losing a microwave, maybe, but a refrigerator, that thing is huge. It is enormous. And I'm sure it has my name written because when they called me in March and said, there's been a delay, you're not going to get your refrigerator until mid-June, I was incensed in mid-March. And I was like, okay, am I going to cancel this or am I not? But it's like, what else can I do? Because I don't have another place for my, my refrigerator. And this one's built in. I have to have this refrigerator in this kitchen. And Jeff and I have even considered remodeling the entire kitchen to make room for a different refrigerator so we don't have to put in a stupid $18,000 refrigerator. It's just so aggravating. And so finally, I get that call. And it's like, what do you mean you lost it? (laughs) It's like, you can't lose an $18,000 refrigerator. And apparently they can lose that. And it's kind of like the time when at my store, I was having problems with my POS system during a sale. And I had, I don't know, 10, 15 customers in the store and I couldn't process a credit card. And I called the POS system and I said, my POS system isn't working. That was after being on hold for two hours with customers in my store. I finally get on the phone and he goes, well, if it makes any difference to you, ma'am, everyone's having the same problem as you are. And I'm like, no, it doesn't make a difference to me. I can't conduct business because my POS system isn't working. And you're telling me, well, the good news is everyone else has your company. (laughs) It's not working for them either. No, doesn't make me feel better at all. It's like, and that's the way it was this morning. This, This gentleman's like, well, we'll call you as soon as we find it. It's like, well, bully for you. (laughs) It's like, don't waste my entire day making me sit around while you're searching for the refrigerator that you promised me at 8 a.m. this morning. It's just, so that's why I'm in a grumpy mood. And that's where you left it. Him just saying, we'll get back to you in time. At some point in the future, we'll get back to you about your refrigerator. Well, he said he would call me by noon today to give me an updated status. And I made a point of saying to him, well, please do, because I have some rearranging on my schedule to do if you're still planning to deliver it today. And he goes, well, if we find it, we'll get it there today. And I said, but I'll have some rearranging to do because I cleared my morning for you. I didn't clear my afternoon for you. So I should hear in the next couple hours where the heck my refrigerator is, But what's going to happen is he's going to call me. He said, we can't find it. We're going to have to reschedule. I'm headed out of town for three weeks. And so I'm still not going to have a refrigerator. Well, all I can say, well, there's several things (laughs) I can say about this because that is incredibly frustrating. First of all, they've been holding on to $9,000 of your money 
that you could have invested or done something else with without, you know, even a second thought. So A, that's really aggravating. B, everything's taking a little bit of time, but when you finally get that call that it's coming and it's kind of like, well, sorry, it's lost. No, that's not okay. You're the customer. This should be for the price of that refrigerator, white glove service. Exactly. This is unacceptable as far as customer service. Well, and as Jeff and I have cursed and sworn about this over the last six months, trying to be patient, waiting for this refrigerator to come in. My son pointed out to me for the $9,000 that they've been holding, I could have bought three refrigerators from Home Depot or Lowe's. You know, I could have had three refrigerators for 9,000 bucks. It's been that kind of morning. It has. It has. I'm wondering if we kind of cycle together too, as far as not like menstrual cycle or anything like that, but like our bad days and our good days kind of cycle. I know. I wonder that too, because it just does kind of seem to be that we're on kind of the same page that these things happen to us together. But I think we should talk about traffic because that that would be another thing that I have big issues with, big, big issues. And People bug me when I'm in traffic. (laughs) I just keep giggling about that because this is like an angry woman rant today or angry women rant even. It is. And I apologize to anyone who's listening to us, but I, I have a feeling and I'm changing everyone's mood as we go. People probably are in a good mood, just driving along in their car thinking, oh, let's listen to Orange Juice Optional. And it's like, ooh, Suzanne is on fire today. Well, I'll try to lighten it up where I can. So please proceed with your traffic frustrations or the people who bug you in traffic. Okay. The people who bug me in traffic are the 80-year-old men drivers who insist on driving in the left lane at 40 miles an hour because it's like, have you not learned the rule? You should have learned it when you were 16 years old in driver's ed. If you're going to go slow, slower traffic, keep right. Slower traffic, keep right. And the only reason I say 80-year-old men is because Phoenix is filled with very old people, which is great. I normally love old people unless they're driving in the left lane. (laughs) Well, sometimes even 45-year-old women like myself, because I'll say 45, because when this happened and I got called on it, that's the age I was do that too. But I learned my lesson and Wait, I don't do that anymore. You were in the left lane driving 45 miles an hour. <laughs> no, 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 not 45 miles. I was I was in the left lane and I was going 10 miles over the speed limit on a highway. And apparently people wanted to go faster than that. And so I didn't get over right away. So the people in the car kind of started making fun of me. At which point I'm like, you guys should drive then because I'm doing you a favor right now. But I learned my lesson. I always pay attention to behind me and move over. Well, you know, and I consider myself a very good driver. I hope I'm not jinxing myself. I think you're a very aggressive driver. I'm an aggressive driver, but I'm a good driver. And I learned everything I know about driving from my father who was a very aggressive driver, but he was an excellent driver. And when we, when I was a kid and we'd be driving in the car, he would say things to me that for whatever reason I hung on to. And um, he used to say, you drive with the flow of traffic. You know, if someone is on your bumper, 
you're driving too slow for the lane you're in and you need to get over. It's not their responsibility to get over. It's your responsibility to get over. Because if they want to go 100, they can go 100, but you're holding them up. So you get over. That's your job. (laughs) And so I believe that deep in my soul that, and I don't, I try not to ride people's bumper. My daughter would disagree with me. She thinks that I ride people's bumpers. But you know what? If you're in the left lane and you're going slower than the people behind you, you are not driving with the flow of traffic. You need to get over and learn that from my dad. And I agree with it 100%. I agree with it also. And if someone is on my bumper, I move over and I'm like, fine, you get the ticket. I mean, I'm a little snarky to myself, but that's okay. They can't hear me. That's right. And that's just it. If they want to go 100 miles an hour, they're going to have to deal with the consequences. Not me, them. I mean, that's on them. And so, yeah, you should get over. But then the second part to that is when you're too oblivious to realize there's someone on your bumper and you don't get over, it's just flat out rude. It's a rude thing to do. And do you become a horn honker then? No, not in moving traffic. I do not. I do not. I do, however. <laughs> I, okay, here comes the good stuff. I can be a horn honker when I'm at a stoplight and two cars in front of me, someone's on their phone. They're not paying attention to the light, especially when it's a left arrow because left arrows last like 15 seconds. And so really only two or three cars are going to get that through that light anyway. And if that guy sits there, he'll get through the light, but I won't. And then I'll have to sit there for another two minutes for another light cycle before I can turn. So I give him about five seconds to move and then I will honk. Absolutely. Because it's like, there are people behind you. You are, that's another thing my dad always used to say, you are not the only person on the road. Quit thinking you are. My dad used to say that all the time. (laughs) Okay. So what else about traffic frustrates you? Because there's going to be more. Oh, there's so much more. I can't even begin to tell you the things that drive me. People who are putting on makeup while they're trying to drive. Have you ever looked in your rearview mirror or looked over to your left and you've seen someone trying to put on lipstick while they're driving? Stupidest thing on earth to be doing. It's like, uh, why? Why would you do that? I've been in the car with somebody who puts on makeup while driving. Have you? I know it wasn't me because I don't re- really wear makeup, but... <laughs> yeah, I don't wear makeup either. So I'm not going to throw that person's name out there, but you know her. Yeah. Well, and and it's like, why would you do that? Because you are a distracted driver. You are going to make someone get in an accident if you're not paying attention. It's so stupid. It's like, because what? You're... You're late getting somewhere, so you didn't have time to put your makeup on. So now you're putting it on while you're trying to drive. So stupid. I I should have titled this So Stupid. I should have titled this podcast So Stupid. Well, the best part about that is we can change the name. (laughs) I know, but people bug me. It's pretty good. It is pretty good. And obviously, they are bugging you today. (laughs) Yes, they are. Yes, they are. I'm not going to lie. People bug me in drive throughs too. But I have chalked some of this up to just pure bad luck. Because have you ever been in a drive-thru where you just want to quick get your diet coat and that person in front of you is ordering for 100 people? Yes. 
And that happened to me um, when I went to Phoenix not too long ago. I was driving there by myself. I think we were going to record a podcast and I just wanted to grab a Diet Coke. And the person in front of me, because I saw the amount of their order, it was like $75. It was ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. And, and you're thinking, why are you doing this in a drive through Get out of your car and go into the restaurant and don't inconvenience everyone else who's in a hurry because isn't really that what a drive-through is about is you just want to quick get it and get out and you don't want to go take the extra time to get out of your car and go in. So if you have an order for $75, it would make sense that you would consider the other people in the drive-through and you would get out of your car and go in to place your order. So you're not holding everyone else up in the drive-through. One would think that would be common courtesy. But I guess every time I think about drive through I just think about me being so lazy, I don't want to get out of my car. Okay, so maybe I'm enlightening people by this because maybe people- You're enlightening me. Yeah, because maybe people haven't considered it the way other people consider it. Maybe they are just going through the drive through to get their Diet Coke. But that being said, and this used to happen, I have a really good friend when our kids were in high school- Three or four times a week, we'd go to Subway and get our sandwiches and we'd have a quick lunch before we um, would get on with our day. And it was a big pet peeve of mine when we'd go into Subway and we'd sit down and we'd chat for a little bit. And inevitably, there was someone in line who was ordering their Subway sandwiches for the entire office. So they, they, I, I get that they're at work and they say, hey, everyone, I'm going to Subway. Does anyone want anything? And then everyone shoots them what they want. You know, they want the six inch Italian sub without pickles, you know, and Subway's a very custom order type of place. So yeah, you have the person right in front of you who's ordering 10 sandwiches for the whole office. And all you want is your little chicken sandwich. I used to get so frustrated with that too, because it's like nice of you to get lunch for all those people, but you're holding up everyone else in line while you're placing your stupid order. Right. And I do get frustrated when there's a big order in front of me and all I want is a Diet Coke. But you know what else in the drive-thru frustrates me? Oh, what? When all I go to get is a Diet Coke and I get it and I don't take a sip before I leave (laughs) and it's regular. (laughs) Yes, that is huge. (laughs) Yeah. And then I have to dump it down the drain and I'm pissed and it puts me in such a bad mood. So my mom now, um, because when we're in Havasu, we go walking and then we go to McDonald's to get our Diet Coke. She always makes us taste them before we pull away from the window, holding up the traffic behind us. (laughs) But smart thing to do because you don't want to wrap around and go through the drive-thru again to get your real Diet Coke. Okay. So I have a little story to tell. (laughs) I was, when I was doing my recent road trip and I dropped Jeff in San Francisco, he had to fly to Anchorage or somewhere, Colorado or somewhere. So I had the next leg of my trip from San Francisco to Oregon by myself. And I was starving I dropped him at the airport. I headed out. I was starving. So I saw Dunkin' Donuts. And so I thought, okay, I'm going to quick run through the drive-thru. I'm going to get a cup of coffee and a donut. Treat myself and I can snack on my drive. It'll be great. And so I get in this incredibly long drive-thru, but it's like eight in the morning. So I'm like, well, this makes sense. People want their donuts and coffee. But I realized after like 10 minutes, nothing is happening. We're not moving. 
And so I start looking around and <laughs> I realize that a camper had tried to go through the drive through but hit the canopy <laughs> over where you pick up your food and got stuck <laughs> in the drive through and took out like the vent on the top of the camper. It was laying on the ground and had collapsed to the canopy over where you pick up your food. So literally was paralyzed there. And the people from Dunkin' Donuts were outside looking at the camper. The driver of the camper was looking at the canopy and there's nothing anyone could do. But no one bothered to tell anyone in this very long line that they may have to close the drive through because of the camper. So there were like 75 people in line just waiting for this camper to get unstuck. And I eventually pulled away without my donut, without my coffee. And yes, I was cussing. <laughs> Okay. You could hear what I was going to say. Because <laughs> yeah. it's like, I wasted 15 minutes in that line, first of all, because I wasn't paying attention, my fault. But secondly, I wasted 15 minutes and then drove away without my coffee and my donut. And I had to wait until the next exit I found that had either a Starbucks or a Dunkin' Donuts or a McDonald's or something. And you know, you can go for 20, 30, 40 miles before you get to an exit that has what you're looking for. So true. So did you find a like moral of the story there? Or did you learn a lesson there, Suzanne? Pay attention when you're going through a drive through check out how fast the line is going and see if there's an issue like a camper stuck because no one else is going to come out and help you. You have to be your own advocate. You have to figure this stuff out on your own and fix it on your own. Relatively new camper owner because wouldn't you know that? Yeah, you would know that. And it was a rental camper. So yeah, someone without much experience. Yeah. Well, I'm sure the rental place is going to be excited to get that RV back. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it cost him a lot of money. And I, I know that both Dunkin' Donuts and the driver of that camper had much bigger issues to deal with than all of the other people in the drive through lane. But someone could have said, you know what, we have to close the drive through because of the camper. So true. Someone should have been out there directing traffic saying, go inside, we'd still love to serve you or to help you out. But nope, they lost out on that and people got frustrated with them. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I guess unless you have another story to add about drive-through experiences, I could move on to the next category of things that people that bug me. Okay. Well, <laughs> it only sparked this thought of express lines at the grocery store. How do you feel about those? When people have... 14 items and they're only supposed to have 13. Does that upset you? What do you think? <laughs> well, 14 is just one more item, but I know it's not a not they're not following the rules. So it probably does bug you. It does bug me. I am a rule follower. Okay. And it's not so much about being a rule follower. It's who are you to think that you can be an exception to the rule? Even if it's one item, who says you are important enough to be an exception to that rule. It's like someone parking in a handicapped parking spot when they're not handicapped. Who says you are important enough not to do that? And I am that person in the line, in the express lane, 
that if it says 15 items or less, I am counting not only my items, but the person's items in front of me. Because it's like, if they have more than 15, I may call them out on it. I may say, "Uh, you know, you have like 25. This is express. I have done that before. No doubt. (laughs) So like if someone buys two limes and they're not in a bag, do you consider that two items? Oh, really good question. And I would put them in one bag so it would only be one item. If you can't take the time to put it into a bag, then I consider it two items. Okay, fair enough. What about you? But do you think it's two items or one item? And are you that person that'll sneak in 14 items in a 12 or less express lane? Suzanne, you know me. What do you think the answer to that question is? I hope it's no, absolutely not. I would never do that. I would not do that. I even have problems when there's not a lot of people or there are two lanes open and those lanes are backed up. So the lane that is 12 items or 13 items and under calls me over. I even feel bad about that, even though they called me over because they didn't have anyone in their checkout line and they were trying to get everybody through. I do feel bad about that too. I do too, to the point where I will take something out of my cart. Oh, I wouldn't do that. Oh, I would. I would absolutely, if I only had like 14 items, I would take two things out of my cart to not break the rule of going through the express lane. Right. But sometimes I have 30 things in my cart and they call me over. It doesn't happen often, but it has. And I feel bad. And of course, as soon as they move me over, that cart with 12 items or less comes up behind me and I look like the asshole, but I wasn't because I got called over. And then you get the evil eye from the person. But I have, that has happened to me too. Where And I have had to say, oh, she said I could come over here. I will say that to the person behind me because I've been called out on that before where someone said, did you know this was the express lane? It's like, yeah, I knew it was the express lane. They told me I could do this. And I hate getting called out on something I'm doing correctly. I don't know if I've shared this before, but I fly a lot or I used to fly a lot. And I had a lot of status on Alaska Airlines. I was an MVP gold or an MVP gold 75. And I remember I was on this trip with my boys and they called us MVP golds to come get in line. So myself and my two boys go get in line. And the person behind us turns to the person behind him and goes, I guess they just think anybody like can get in line because these people are in line. And I, I am not one to say anything except in that moment when I was exactly where I was supposed to be, I had to turn around and say, I'm an MVP gold. And it just really irritated me because yeah, I'm young and I have two kids, but it doesn't mean that I'm not where I'm supposed to be. And so I was super, super irritated about it. And obviously I'm not over it yet because I'm still talking about it. Well, that's just it. It's like, you don't want to be unjustly accused of something that you've earned or that you're doing right. And the audacity of that guy to make a comment like that, very passively, aggressively, by the way, to say it to the person behind him and not directly to you. It's like, seriously, buddy, you know, Right. And I have my two kids with me and they're looking at me like, mom, are we supposed to be here? And I'm like, I'm a rule follower, kids. Like we are. (laughs) Right. Right. And it's like, who are they to decide for you whether or not you're entitled to get in line? I mean, oh God, things like that just people bug me. (laughs) I'm just saying. (laughs) People bug me when they do things like that also. 
Okay. So now we're moving on from drive-thrus and grocery store lines and people who just are idiots. What are we moving on to next? (laughs) Well, and dang it, because I think I was going to move on to, I was going to switch subjects or my next category of people that bug me. While I'm thinking about it, do you have another category of people that bug you? Yes. And this is a huge pet peeve and you will get me in a bad mood every time this happens. I don't appreciate it when people don't value my time. Like when I go to do them a favor and they make me wait in my car for 20 minutes while they finish what they're doing. And I'm like, no, no, no. My time has value too. Sitting in the car waiting for you to finish You know, you could have easily have sent me a message and said, hey, I'm running 10 or 15 minutes late, pick me up later or something, but no acknowledgement of the fact that it just frustrates me. I could go on on, and on and on and on about this one. Well, and let's talk about doctor's offices and and dentist's offices. And when you have a 10 o'clock appointment and they say, please be here 15 minutes early to fill out paperwork. And then so you arrive 15 minutes early, you fill out your paperwork, and then you have to sit there for a half an hour waiting for them because the doctor's running behind. It's like, oh, well, so the doctor is so important, but my day isn't important. And so when you tell me, this happened to me (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I have another story. This happened to me yesterday because I had just an annual checkup yesterday. No big deal. The doctor's office actually called me because one of my prescriptions had expired. So they said, hey, let's get an appointment so we can take the blood work, you know, get you a refill. I said, great. And my doctor is in the perfect location, halfway to my store. So between my house and my store, I can drive right by my doctor's office. So it takes me five minutes to get to the doctor. So had an appointment yesterday, get to the doctor's office, check in. And they said, oh, well, she isn't at this practice anymore. I said, what do you mean she's not at this practice? She called me for the appointment. And they said, oh, no, she moved over to this other practice. And I said, you're kidding So then I called the other place and they said, oh, yeah, she moved over here two months ago. And it's like, well, when you called me to schedule the appointment, do you think you maybe would have wanted to tell me that she was at a new location and just assume that I knew that since during COVID, I haven't been to her office in two years. And the last appointment I had with her was a tele vision appointment or whatever you call it, telemedicine appointment, television. (laughs) So then I say, fine, do I have time to get over there and keep my appointment? They said, yes, you do. So they give me the address. Turns out it's like 45 minutes from my other doctor's office. So I go and I get there And then they say, well, we're going to have to squeeze you in between other patients. So what should have been like a 15-minute visit turned into a three-hour waste of time. Because the other thing is, is then I get there, they squeeze me in. She's in a hurry. She wants to do the blood work. She goes, oh, but this office doesn't have a lab. You're going to have to go to another place to get your blood work drawn. (laughs) It's like, this is an all-day affair for me. I need to go back to my store that I'm running. (laughs) It's like, 
No. So now I didn't get my blood work. She did write me a prescription to get me through until I could get blood work done. But it's like, seriously, you just wasted three hours of my day because you forgot to mention that you changed offices. And then when I get there, you say, oh, but we don't have a lab here to take your blood. It's like so stupid. <laughs> well, I have a couple of things I'd like to say. A, yay for Suzanne. <laughs> you went and got your physical. And we had talked about that back in January, that that was going to be on our list this year to do is to make sure we got those done. I still haven't scheduled my physical, but I do have a dentist and eye doctor appointment next week. Oh, so good for you. Good for you. I'm I making progress. Yeah. I still need to do the physical and the mammogram. Okay. Second point, And it's going to take me a minute because <laughs> I'm middle-aged. Oh, yeah. You probably were in a bad mood because they made you weigh. And I'm sure you just turned around like you normally do. Yep. Although you look fabulous. I do have to say you look wonderful. Well, that's very, very nice of you to say. And I've had an issue with my weight. I thought about this yesterday when I stood on the scale and I said to the nurse, which was a new nurse I had never met before, I said, I don't know. I don't need to know my weight. And I turned my back to the scale and she was very good. She was like, okay, fine. Not a big deal. But it made me think about how I have had a weight issue since I was 16 years old, probably since I was 12 years old, when my grandpa in a good way said, you don't have a fat bone on your body and you need to beef up a little bit because he was a farmer and he thought I should have a little more weight on me. But I was like 12 when he said that to me. And I have had a weight issue where I have avoided things like going to the doctor because I was so afraid to find out how much I weighed. Yeah. And I'm still in that boat. We've talked about it. And the funny thing is, and I'll just interject here that up in my bathroom at my house in the master bedroom, I have two scales in there and I never get on them. And it <laughs> felt so good to take that scale and walk to the dumpster I now have outside my house as we purge and just throw it in there like a Frisbee, just like goodbye scale. I'm sure <laughs> I didn't do it with both because the other one's Rob's scale and it's hooked to his like Fitbit and stuff. But anyway, I did throw that old one away and that made me really, really happy. Yeah, that would make me really happy too. And I laugh at myself because one of the biggest fights Jeff and I had when we were first married was he went out and bought a scale. And I was so offended by that, that we actually had a fight about it. And he said, well, I'd like to know how much I weigh. And I said, if you put a scale in front of me, it's looking at me like I have to get on it. And it's like, I can't have that pressure every single day. I can't look at a scale every single day and not get on it and weigh myself. <laughs> And I'm sure he thought at that point, it's like, what have I married? <laughs> Who is this person that I have married? He might still think that <laughs> yeah. a little bit. Yeah. Well, he was kind enough to hide the scale. We had this little um, place where you could underneath the sink, you know, the vanity that you could actually slide the scale underneath. So it wasn't looking me in the face every day. So when he used it, he'd pull it out and then he'd slide it back under. So I didn't have to look at it, which I thought was a brilliant move on his part because- He is so courteous. <laughs> and is. you know what? That's what a lot of these stupid hotels do also. Like when I'm on vacation, I don't want a scale in my room. But no. sometimes like at the hotel I was just at, there was one. Yeah, crazy. Why would you do that to someone? 
But you have to be careful not to get the wellness room. I like reserving a wellness room if they have them because they're, you know, for people with allergies. So, you know, you know, they usually have wood floors instead of carpet and they just feel cleaner. Um, They usually put air purifiers in the room. So I love to get those rooms. But if you get a wellness room, they always put a scale in it. Buzzkill. Buzzkill is right. Absolutely. Okay. And then I only had one question because I'll just circle back real quick about the doctor's appointment. Will you continue to go to that location to see that doctor? Will you find a new doctor? Well, that's a really good question because I really like her. And my comment to her, because she said, there are still a lot of really good doctors in your area that I can highly recommend. And I said, I really appreciate that. I said, but knock on wood. because I know I'm jinxing myself. So far in my life, I haven't needed a lot of medical attention. So if I know where I'm going and I can plan for it, I don't mind driving the 45 minutes out there to um, go to that doctor because I do like her. But I do want to add that when your doctor was giving you recommendations for other doctors, it sounds like she might have wanted to fire you. (laughs) No, Okay, maybe it made it sound like that, but she didn't. She was very grateful to me for coming to see her out there because I was a little put out when I got to my regular where I thought I'd find her and found out then that I had to go all the way out to where she is now. And then I had to be squeezed in around her other. She was very apologetic, I should say. So no, I didn't feel like she was firing me, although she probably had every right to fire me, but she didn't. And I was just kidding, but thank you for that additional explanation there, Suzanne. So anything else you want to share before we wrap this episode up? Because I don't want you to have regrets after this episode. I'm just saying I'm not going to have regrets about this episode because it feels good to get these things off my chest. And anyone who really knows me knows that people bug me anyway. But I did think of another category of people that bug me. Okay. Well, let me just say really quick. I didn't mean like you would have regrets because of what you said. I meant you would have regrets because you forgot to (laughs) complain about something. And then you're afraid that I'd have to have a part two episode of people who bug me and we'd have to bingo. (laughs) We'd have to do this all over again. Really good point. Okay. I'll continue with the next group. Okay. I would say airlines. And I touched on this when we were talking in one our one of our friends episodes about my issues with airlines and how they bug me but i'm going to let you because you've had worse experiences with airlines yeah several with customer service or just the plane airline itself i guess uh often they'll do a airline crafts switch so you'll go from one type of plane to another now most airplanes they have all the same rows. You have a 6C on one, a 6C on the other. But what they'll do is they'll move us out of the seats we were originally assigned to and move us into like center seats or something. And that hugely frustrates me, hugely frustrates my husband just because you have a 6C on this plane too. So why did you just take me out of my seat and put me in a center seat or in a window seat, which I don't like window seats because then I have to for sure mentally go to the bathroom 10 times during a flight. Right. And you used the word, the seat that was assigned to you. 
The whole point of getting to select your seats is that it's not a sign. You have chosen that seat and you've chosen that seat for a reason. Your reason being, I want to be able to get up and go to the bathroom whenever I need to, instead of crawling over someone to go to the bathroom. And it seems to me that if they've given you the option to choose your seat, then you should be able to keep your option without just automatically changing it on you. You know, they should ask you, they should reach out to you. They should give you an option like here, I can either put you in this seat or this seat, which one would you prefer? It makes no sense to me that they can't accommodate your seat request and they can just arbitrarily change it without letting you know. Right. Especially when I have some status on the airline. And I know that sounds so spoiled or so. I know, but I don't know what. But then they usually move me back further in the plane, which I get claustrophobic when everybody stands up and I can't see the front. So I don't like that either. And I'll kid you not, I'll want a fruit and cheese platter or something and they'll run out the row in front of me. And then they have no more because they've changed my seat and pushed me back. So yeah, I guess it's a very big frustration, but we can move on from that. But it brings up the more general category of customer service because it's called customer service because you're servicing the customer. And it seems to me that if you can't service the customer, you can't really call it customer service. And airlines are notorious for this. And I just heard a story about this on the news this morning because they're saying they're getting mad at people who are flying because there are so many, what is the word, not road rage, but people who are creating scenes on planes. And I know we briefly touched on this on another episode, but I keep thinking you're targeting the wrong people because people are frustrated because we're not getting good customer service. It's like provide good customer service and people aren't going to get angry. You know, they have made travel so uncomfortable by making the seats too small, not giving people leg room, not having enough overhead space for your bags, taking out food and drink or not providing food and drink anymore. And now you have to wear a mask and you have to get to the airport two hours before your flight and there's nowhere to sit. It's like, it's an uncomfortable experience. People lose their patience and they get crabby when they aren't comfortable. And it's like, what do you expect is going to happen? Someone is going to blow a gasket at some point because you've just kind of pushed them over the edge and It's like no customer service. And it's like, it seems like a no brainer to me. I agree with that. And you can find it across travel industries. You can find it at the airlines. You can find it at the rental car companies. You can find it at hotels and stuff where they just make adjustments without notifying you. And if I have time to process things, I'm usually pretty good. But when they don't notify me, it really irritates me. Exactly. Because it's being blindsided on top of being frustrated going into the experience because of all of the things you have to do. You can't take water through security. You have to take your shoes off. All of those stupid little things that are annoying. Then they blindside you with a change. Yeah, someone's going to lose their patience and create a scene. Well, the scene is not going to come from me, usually. (laughs) Right. Usually not from me either. Oh, Uh, Suzanne. Well, no. (laughs) 
I don't do it. I it's like, okay, I I can like it happened the other day when we were in the retail store. I can just keep my mouth shut. I can just not say anything. But if someone engages me, I'll fight back, but I'm not going to instigate it. Right. And 90% of the time when I travel, I do travel with somebody who (laughs) will get upset (laughs) about something and be vocal about it. So yeah, I, I'm that I'm that calming force there also, or I try to be, but then he usually gets mad at me. Right. Stop telling me what to do. I'm not <laughs> telling you what to do. I just don't want to get kicked off the flight. <laughs> right. Well, and you know, I I honestly think that this is going to work itself out eventually. Eventually, airlines are going to start figuring out, hmm, maybe we should solve the problem we're creating so that people don't get so frustrated with us. And don't create scenes and don't cause fights. I think it's going to, in fact, I've even seen some moves by United Airlines. They just came out with things that they're changing on their aircraft to make your flight more comfortable. And it's like, finally, someone is thinking about it. And someone's some smart person out there is saying, hey, why don't we try this? Let's see if we can make the flight more comfortable for them. And maybe they won't get so angry. There's an idea. Hello. Right. They're capitalizing on it. Yeah. And it's like, that is a smart thing to do. And I, that's a shout out to United Airlines, although I ha- I don't frequently fly United Airlines, so I can't really talk on it. I have, however, flown on Delta Airlines, and I have to say Delta is really good at doing that too. They were really good during COVID about, you know, space planning for customers. And it's like, yeah, I'm going to flock to the airlines that treat me well and make me as comfortable as they can possibly make me given the circumstances. So is there anybody else or any other industry or any other type of person that you would like to talk about? (laughs) Oh, the list could go on and on. But no, actually, I think I've gotten it off my chest. I think I'm feeling better about not having a refrigerator. See, I'm moving on. I'm getting over it. So when people bug me, I can hang on to it for a long time, but at least it's not going to ruin the rest of my day. How about you? Right. No, I think you said it for (laughs) both of us. (laughs) Yeah, I definitely hijacked this episode. Oh, I wouldn't call it hijack. I would just say you were passionate about it. I was passionate about it because, yeah, at some point you just have to say enough is enough is enough. I get it. I I do. And in future episodes, if you would like to rant, that's fine. That's fine. (laughs) Because I'm sure everybody can relate because we're all human. We're all in this experience together and we get frustrated sometimes and it's okay. It's a human emotion. It is a human emotion. And to learn how to control it is a fine art. And you're very good at controlling it. Me, not so much. I kind of blow a gasket and I've got to get it off my chest and then hopefully I can move on. But I am sure I will go on and on and on about my refrigerator until I have resolved this issue permanently. I look forward to hearing more about it. (laughs) And I promise our next podcast episode won't be so fiery. I'll get back to my, my good place. I kind of like the fiery ones, though, because 
it's just an opportunity to let loose and not be so careful about everything you're saying, just to be there in the moment. Not that we aren't when it's um, a happier topic, but just kind of putting it all out there because again, people have frustrations. We're human. Exactly. And I'm certainly not afraid to discuss my frustrations and my frustrations with people. And (laughs) I guess it's just part of who I am. Yeah. And you know what? None of those things make you a Karen. They would frustrate anybody. So just so you know, you can still be the kinder and gentler Suzanne without that label. Thank you. I'll take that. Yeah. So I guess with all that shared, this is my piece of advice for you, Suzanne. (laughs) Okay. I'll take it. Go to your refrigerator and take out that champagne or that Chardonnay and have a toast. Gee, I'd love to do that. If I had a refrigerator, I would probably do that. <laughs> I couldn't let you off the hook that easy by just closing it up. But I know. yeah, yeah, truly, I had to throw a little it's bit gonna of be luke, fun. It's going to be lukewarm champagne for me today. <laughs> yeah, I would just go with orange juice then. So. <laughs> I guess cheers, Suzanne, and good luck. Cheers, Michelle. Thanks for listening. Thank you for tuning in to our podcast, Orange Juice Optional. What many of you wouldn't know is that this podcast has been a shared vision of ours for many years. And knowing what we know now, I can't believe we've waited so long to make our vision a reality. Right? I really think the hesitation on our part came from all the unknowns of podcasting. The biggest unknown being the toughest one. Where do we begin? That's when we found Podigy and Riley. And you know, if we had Godson music, I'd cue it right now. Riley is a know-everything-about-podcasting kind of guy, and the best part for us was that he was so nice and down-to-earth about everything. And by everything, I mean he answered so many questions, he gave so much reassurance, and he offered advice on things we hadn't even considered. Initially, Podigy helped us choose our recording equipment, find our music, create our artwork, and set up our templates for recording. And seriously, how many Zoom calls did setting up the templates take? Probably too many to count because we are technology challenged. But the best part of each one of those calls was the reassuring voice on the other end. I love that about Podigy. Now that our podcast setup is complete and things are running a bit smoother, knock on wood, Podigy is going to edit each upcoming episode, do our show notes, and get our show out there for the listeners. Their help takes so much off our plate that all we really need to worry about is our friendship, next week's topic, and if it's an orange juice needed kind of day. So if you're interested in podcasting, please don't let the unknown stop you. Please check out Riley at podigy.co. That's P-O-D-I-G-Y dot C-O. They have packages available based on each show's individual needs. Thanks again, Podigy. Our next toast is for you. Cheers. Cheers.